Welcome to Support Op Simplified, where we interview thought leaders in the great field of customer support operations to provide you with actionable insights from the brightest minds in the industry. And now, your host, Sid Bumbani, CEO of Sumati. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Support Operations Simplified. Uh, we have with us today Stephen O'Connor from uh, Roadmunk. Welcome, Stephen. Thanks, Sid. Glad to be here. Glad to have you on the show. So Steve has been with a number of companies during his um, his time in the customer experience and sales field and uh, started off as the director of corporate sales at Dow Jones um, and now leads the customer experience at Roadmunk. Um, quite an interesting um, transition, Stephen. Um, maybe you can walk us through how you started and, and how you ended up here. Sure. So uh, if, I, if I date myself and go all the way back to the Dow Jones times, um, I, I was in kind of uh, account management, customer service at the time, which was really uh, the first tangent, I think, from sales and, and kind of the start of, of CS, if, if I look back on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that style of customer relationship management really just called out to me. Uh, and, and fortunately, around that time, the CS and CX departments were starting to, to become a reality in a lot of businesses. and. With that track record under my belt, I uh, decided to make a move in, into the CX space and, uh, you know, have more of those relationships that I was uh, really looking for uh, at a customer level. Interesting. And, and you know, it's it's interesting um, given your history and, and how you um, are in your current role, because we've had a few guests on the show um, who've been in the customer success, customer experience space. And there's a bit of a debate in terms of how much of customer experience is sales related um, and, and how much customer success should be involved in maybe upselling or cross-selling. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And, and how do you kind of approach that subject in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, I think, I think it really depends on your business model and how, how you're trying to grow um, as well as kind of what stage the business is at. So if we start with the latter of those two things. In the early days, I think, you know, CS is wearing a lot of hats. You have the the closest relationship with your customers, you're, talking to them about what's happening in their business, how it's changing, how it's growing. And so upsell is a very natural thing that that flows out of that. And since there's not a lot of headcount to go around and you've got financial constraints, it, it makes sense to maybe wear all of those hats. Um, as the business grows, I think it really depends on the model. And see, we're really much the land and expand uh, model here. And in the past, it's been more of a growth model. You know, when you're land and expand, Again, the entire idea is to increase adoption of additional modules or additional project uh, products, depending on uh, how your business is structured. Right. Uh, and for me, um, I think that having this ESM uncover those opportunities and, and be the farmer, quote unquote, of those uh, is really advantageous because you you take on you know the now uh, taboo word of of trusted advisor uh, to make the right recommendations. Um, in our case, we dig those up, but we then pull in um, kind of a renewals, uh, an upsell specialist who is skilled at things like the, uh, you know, the art of negotiation and having conversations around dollars and cents. Because I, I personally find it difficult to staff an entire CS team of folks that have both skill sets uh, and be able to really drive product adoption well 
and close those deals uh, in our case. Interesting. And, and, you know, maybe for our listeners, just to give them a little bit more context, um, as your current role as, as VP of customer experience at Roadmonk, uh, maybe you can give us a little bit of insight into Roadmonk as a company and, and the product. Yeah, so Roadmonk is a product management uh, software for uh, businesses. We, you know, our, our sweet spot is, is definitely the product management teams uh, around uh, the business, but we do have HR teams, we have marketing teams, um, sales teams using us as well in terms of defining their their roadmaps and their, okay. the, vision, the vision of their teams. Um, but uh, again, our, our ideal fit in customers really those, you know, product teams who are either working in waterfall, agile, and uh, loading in projects, epic stories, and really just want to create the best visualization of that mm-hmm. for their organization so that they can gain alignment and drive towards uh, achieving those outcomes more successfully across the business. Okay. And and so, you know, uh, with a product that is primarily SaaS-based, and I'm assuming it is, um, you know, what kinds of things are you looking at that constitute the customer experience um, in terms of the product itself, the service, the, the customer support channel? Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how all of those pieces of the puzzle kind of fit in together for Roadmark. Yeah, so I think a unique thing about Roadmonkey is we're very focused on user retention and, and customer usage. And we have a great relationship with our product team and our growth team to help drive that, which you know is 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 really exciting for me because the usage factor, as most know, is the leading indicator of all of the things we're eventually accountable for around churn and net dollar retention and NPS and all of those things. Um, so we really start there with our customers and identifying what are the behaviors that we want them to be doing in order to be successful in our product and making sure that from a product standpoint or a communication standpoint, we're setting them up to be successful doing those things. And if we're not, or if we're going a little too slow, that's really where CX partners with those two organizations and says, let us step in and have a conversation or write some content or prompt them with a ticket from our support team to make sure that we help them complete those things which we know will make them more successful. So it's a pretty unique uh, proposition and and kind of collaboration as far as I know today uh, in terms of those teams working so tightly together. And ultimately we start with that, you know, driving the right usage behavior and looking at that trend over time. And then we we use that and and start to measure uh, things like product adoption as a whole. Uh, We look at NPS, we look at uh, logo and and dollar retention uh, and, uh, we also look at kind of helping our customers achieve their outcomes, not just our own. Interesting. And, and um, you know, as as your organization looks at, at these different facets of customer experience, on, on a more tactical level, what are kind of the roles that fit into this? Um, is this all handled by one large team that wears multiple hats or, or how, how is it laid out? How big is the team? Um, how are, how are people doing all of these things? Yeah, I think if going back to an earlier comment, I think, you know, different folks have really good skill sets uh, at certain things. And so we try to put people in a position where we we kind of harness that skill or that native genius within someone to do one job really, really well uh, and focus on it. So our team really consists of uh, an onboarding group. Uh, And as the name implies, they'll hold our customers' hands from day zero uh, until day 
30 to 60, depending on customer size and complexity. Mm -hmm. Uh, They will do a handoff to our CSM who then owns that relationship and is there to drive uh, product adoption. And towards the end of kind of that initial term, they'll engage kind of our our renewals and upsell group uh, to help close that deal. And again, maintain that line of kind of advisor versus, uh, you know, money collector, I guess, so to speak. And across all of that sits our customer support team. So they interact with all customers of all sizes at all times and really underpin a lot of the conversations that are driven uh, with customers uh, on a daily basis. Interesting. And, and um, how, how, you know, when, when we're looking at the customer experience, um, there are multiple levels over here or multiple kind of uh, sections, the, the onboarding experience, the um, support that they're getting as they're using the product, um, and, and then, of course, the, the commercial aspect. Um, so what kind of tools and, and methodologies are you guys using to track it across the board? Um, you know, you mentioned some of the KPIs in terms of adoption and such, but on a more um, innate level uh, in terms of individual experiences, um, are you guys tracking those uh, in any way? Yeah, so going back to kind of the user retention element, um, we're tracking usage behavior uh, currently using a tool called Amplitude uh, to kind of see those behavioral trends over time, whether it's uh, on a on a take action trend or percentage of users who have or have not committed a certain action within the application. Mm-hmm. Um, from from a onboarding perspective, uh, we measure time to onboard okay. uh, as as kind of our time to value metric for that segment and saying we want to see value at day thirty or forty five or sixty depending on your size. Uh, but we supplement that with a qualitative survey as well. So. When the handoff is complete and you know our onboarding specialist says goodbye to that customer, we do send out a, a survey to see how they've done um, from 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 the customer's perspective um, in in terms of kind of that sentiment element. Uh, and and the other big thing we kick off there is is what we're called, we're using the term for verified outcomes. So beginning and onboarding uh, with, with lots of our larger customers and we're, we're trying to do at scale with smaller customers is what are the outcomes you're trying to achieve as a business? Because product okay. adoption is great and it, it is really a good indicator of, of you know, likelihood to churn uh, or retain. But uh, some of those qualitative things, you know, in our case are gaining alignment from the business uh, in terms of the product roadmap, that's something we can't really quantify with product usage. Right. It's it's a question that needs to be asked very directly, and it's stated from our customers, and we work to help them achieve that outcome. Um, and and as we do that, it's really just a continued partnership that has dual accountability. On hey, uh, from the get go, our discussion was how do we gain internal alignment on the product roadmap vision. We're doing X, Y, Z, um, and we need ABC from you. So mm. there becomes that mutual accountability to achieving their goals, which is something that I think is um, a little unique for a lot of CS organizations today. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I mean, it seems like a very high-touch operation too, especially during the the onboarding phase, isn't it? Yeah, for a, a lot of the customers that get that kind of quote-unquote white glove service, it is. Um, and it's it's an experiment that, we started running recently and it's, it's been very successful. And now we're in the fun phase of 
how do we take those learnings and those frameworks uh, and go downstream with those and be able to deliver as close to the same experience as possible at scale. Uh, and that's really the fun challenge, uh, taking what people are really great at and only capable of and, and doing it with uh, maybe some AI and some automated communications and a sprinkle of human touch. Interesting. So one one of the questions I always ask uh, people is, you know, what were some of the recent improvements uh, that they've made in, in terms of their customer experience? And it seems like um, the learnings that you guys have had from this uh, white glove, um, you know, onboarding experience is is quite unique. Um, what you know, when when customers look at at the white glove treatments, um, they're they're looking at um, attention that they get and the accessibility to people um, and and being able to basically not be in a queue. Um, what were what were some of your learnings as you put that program together, and what parts do you think are um, you know, scalable in the long run. Yeah, I, th- I think the big learning we had is that it goes a little beyond how does the product work or how do I do what I want to do within the product? And it's more of a discussion around what are you trying to achieve using the product? Because sometimes, you know, and especially in our case, we work with very intelligent customers in the product field. And uh, they, they kind of get off to the races and upload their information and then hit a button to see their visualization. And sometimes it doesn't turn out the way they had hoped. And right. that's because there's nuances to the product uh, and it maybe works a little differently than they had thought. And our biggest success was, you know, what is, what is the roadmap you're trying to build? And people will say, yeah, I'm trying to roll up our, our 10 scrum teams into one view that I can then share with my executive team. And, you know, they might miss a little format option or might know that, adding this field or putting uh, an additional column header can really enhance that experience for the end group, which is the executive. And so that's our biggest finding is is starting there and and kind of being an advisor on not necessarily the best way to product manage, but how to product manage best using our tool. And that, that really has increased the success rate of kind of adoption and ultimately satisfaction. Interesting. And, and, and that's, that's the item we're really trying to figure out. How do you scale that? Because we can't go in and ask thousands of customers that question right. uh, and then hold their hand through it. But there has to be some sort of middle ground. Interesting. And, and while you were answering that, uh, that question earlier in terms of um, how you had rolled out that program, one of the things you, you kind of touched on was the ability to use technology or AI or some smattering of that along with um, humans involved in the process to get a better feel for that across the board. Um, have you have you looked at any solutions? Um, do you know what's out there? What what kind of stuff are you guys um, you know experimenting with, or what's what's in the future in that direction? Yeah, so right now uh, we are experimenting with a combination of uh, SalesLoft and Zendesk. So SalesLoft is kind of our uh, you know messaging communication mm-hmm. tool, and that will either deliver a one-off message uh, based on a, you know, a change in usage behavior or a customer health score, uh, or it could deliver an email sequence in the form of onboarding, i.e. three different emails spaced out over 10 days. Um, so we get, our, we get our tracking from that tool in terms of who's opened, who's clicked, the standard communication marketing stuff. Yeah. But if someone responds or engages with that, uh, the reply is automatically generate a ticket in Zendesk. What we do through that then is we can track the time spent with that customer. We can track the tagging of those issues. 
and start to tell the story of, okay, the people who engaged, where do they need help and how much time are we spending with them and start to make really smart decisions around, are those things we want to continue to hold customers' hands on because they're really critical or are there things that we think we could solve with content and redirecting people or changing the copy of the communication? So we, we support with the, with the human touch and, and getting them into support. And it may be a, a ticket, it may be a phone call, it may be a Zoom meeting. Um, but we continue to measure that and try to drive down the number of those high-touch interactions through more automated means, uh, but maintain the same level of success. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I think, um, you know, a, a lot of companies and a lot of guests that we've had on the show have spoken a great deal about self-service um, and the challenge over there is being able to maintain that um, level of, um, you know, quality and, and level of interaction while giving them um, a resource, while giving the customers a resource that they can consume themselves. Um, what, what do you guys have today in terms of self-service and, and how is that working out for you guys? Yeah, so we have a kind of our knowledge base, obviously, in terms of content that people can consume. Uh, we have some email journeys that people go through as well that has different content than, the, than that's on the help center. Um, we look at it as most people do, I think, which is, you know, trying to A, deflect tickets is the ultimate goal, but B, understand when people are on a certain page or interacting with a certain piece of content, you know, have some, we have some tracking in place to see how many people are clicking the submitted ticket submit a ticket button from okay. that page and then saying, okay, is it that that article doesn't do it justice? Uh, and does it need to be shortened? Does it need to be deleted altogether? Does it need to be redone altogether? Um, so we, we take that approach um, from, a, from a help center perspective today. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. I think it's a very well-rounded um, way in which you guys kind of go about it, right? With the white glove onboarding, um, you have the, the self-service aspect of it, and then the finish in terms of um, how things went in terms of the engagement and the learnings and, and you know, in terms of conversion for, for commercials. Um, what, where, where do you get um, a lot of your inspiration from as you're putting out these programs or trying different things uh, with your customer experience? Yeah, I mean, I'm a a big follower of, of some of the big organizations for sure. I think uh, Gainsight puts out a lot of great content with a lot of frequency mm-hmm. um, as well as Zendesk. Um, definitely biased to, towards those two. Um, but from a data perspective, um, you know, one of my favorite guys there in terms of giving me some of the validation and, and benchmarks to shoot for is uh, Thomas Tuggins, uh over at Redpoint Ventures. I think he he doesn't cover it, ex, you know, uh, with exclusivity. But when he does go into what's what's driving the CX industry, the, the data points and validation you get in terms of how you should be performing or what you should be shooting for are really helpful. Um, so that's a, that's a big source for me as well. Interesting. Well, that's uh, that's a good point. Um, it- and and so you know just to just to kind of wrap up over here, what are some of the things that that you're looking at, Steve, in the next year um, as far as Roadmonk and its customer experience programs are, are covered? Um, I mean, you you mentioned you're exper- experimenting with a few things there. Uh, what are some of the objectives for the next uh, year to two years? Yeah, I think for us, it's understanding uh, how we scale that experience across our entire customer base. I always say that delivering great service, uh, you know, with, with your higher T 
tiered CSMs or bigger customers is so challenging because of the complexity and sometimes the demands of those organizations. Mm-hmm. It's the easiest because it's a person-to-person relationship. You get to read the room, understand the asks, and, and really just execute and deliver. Um, so I think our biggest challenge is, is understanding, you know, like I said earlier, how we take those things and do them downstream in a way that maintains the level of experience uh, for our customers, but also um, doesn't require as much handholding. And that's a big thing as we look to scale, you know, rapidly and, and be very successful here. Um, I think another thing is really just just getting more data driven, and a lot of CS organizations are moving this direction. Yep. It's uh, it's a very qualitative team in in the respect of sentiment and. In the past, you know, CSAT and NPS used to be enough to kind of, hey, we're doing great on there. Uh, everything's good. And and now it's it's a matter of, okay, well, how efficient are we being while still being good at our job? Uh, right. Because, you know, we're going to continue to take on more customers and everybody wants to operate at kind of maximum capacity without, um, you know, burning out your team. And, and so having an understanding of that data not only enables the business to scale, but enables you to, to grow a culture, I think, in a CS team that people want to continue to be a part of. And, and so having the, the ability to analyze the data and understand it and react to it is, is something that we're really focused on to make sure we're doing the right things and we continue to be kind of a top-tier performing organization and also a top culture where, where CS folks want to come and work. Very cool. Well, uh, Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, um, and you know all the best with uh, with Roadmonk and and planning out your customer experience strategy. Uh, it was great to have you on the show, and and thanks for sharing all of your experience. Thanks so much. It was great chatting with you as well, and uh, look forward to the next one. That sounds good. All right, thank you. Thanks for listening to Support Up Simplify with Sid Bambani of Sumati. Tune in next week for another interview with a customer support operations thought leader.